In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Please be seated. We continue this morning in the Gospel of John, having moved to chapter 21, which records Jesus' third post-resurrection appearance to his disciples, in which Peter is restored, and his call to apostleship, his call to discipleship, is renewed. In Mark chapter 1, Peter is fishing, and Jesus says to him and his brother Andrew, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And here in John 21, 19, Jesus, after Peter had denied him three times, says to him again, follow me. Here's the takeaway right now, just in the beginning uh, of the sermon God knows before he calls us the mistakes that we're going to make after he calls us. And he still calls us. Jesus knew that Peter was going to deny him. But he called him anyway to be the leader of the apostles, to be the first among equals. In the Passion Gospel, according to Luke chapter 22, Jesus says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. This is on Maundy Thursday. Listen to what our Lord says. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny me three times. So on Monday, Thursday, he says, strengthen your brothers. And here on the beach, In John chapter 21, he says, feed my lambs. The call for him to pastor, to shepherd, to be an under shepherd of the good shepherd has not been revoked, but rather renewed. There is in John 21 reference to and connection with not only earlier portions of the Gospel of John, but to the synoptic Gospels as well. That would be Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John was written later than the other three Gospels, probably 90, maybe as late as 80, 95, or even perhaps past that. And so John is assuming uh, knowledge of the other Gospels, or at least many of the traditions within them. The initial call to Peter in Luke 5, is strikingly similar to the reissue of the call here in John 21. In the Gospel of Luke, Peter had been, as in John 21, fishing all night, and he caught, the disciples caught nothing. Jesus tells him to cast the net on the other side of the boat, and they catch so many fish that their nets start to break. Luke 5, verse 11. And when they had brought their boats to land, this is what it says, they left everything and followed him. So very, some, some similarities, some parallels to what we see in John 21. 
In Luke 5, it says that they left everything and followed him. So that has led some to interpret the disciples' actions in John 21. That is, they're going fishing as a lack of faith and a desire to return to their old way of life, to their old vocation. Now, I'm not inclined to interpret it that way. I mean, perhaps the disciples simply needed to eat or they needed to make a little bit of money. After all, uh, there was no ministryjobs.com back then. There weren't a lot of full-time ministry positions available in the early days of Christendom. Moreover, what about Paul? Did not the Apostle Paul support himself in large part by the sweat of his own brow? He's what we would call a bivocational uh, minister. There's also a connection within the Gospel of John itself between John 18, 18 and John 21, 19. The former reading this. Now the servants and officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them standing and warming himself. So this is the scene in John where Peter denies the Lord. And then in John 21, when they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place. Those two words, only time those occur in John. With fish laid out on it and bread. So Peter had denied the Lord around a charcoal fire. And he was restored by the Lord around a charcoal fire. So we see that John 21 is this, this recap this, this do-over and redemption of Peter's denials. I mean, why does Jesus ask Peter three times if he loves him? Well, because Peter had denied the Lord three times. There's a three-fold denial, and there's a three-fold restoration. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these. To what does these refer? These are good exegetical questions to ask. Some have suggested that these refers to the fish, particularly those who interpret the disciples' fishing as a lack of faith, as a return to their old vocation. In other words, do you love me? It's not that Peter was just a fan of sushi and Jesus is trying to be like, okay, Peter, do you love me more than you love, you know, um, this spicy tuna roll? <laughs> In other words, do you love me more than temporal things? Do you love me more than your old life? Or... These could refer to the disciples. But in what way? Do you, one way you could take it is, do you love me more than you love the other disciples? And remember, one of the disciples was his own brother, Andrew. I mean, is Jesus telling Peter to count the cost in a similar fashion as in the Gospel of Luke, where he says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. 
Do you love me more than these? These temporal things? More than anyone else? Or is Jesus saying, do you love me more than these other disciples love me? I would contend, not going to make it an article of faith this morning. I don't have the authority to do that anyways, right? I'm going to contend that that last sense makes the most sense. Because on Maundy Thursday, the night in which Peter denied the Lord, late Thursday night, early, what we would call early Friday morning, Peter said, in effect, that he loved Jesus more than the other disciples loved Jesus. Matthew 26, Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered him, Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. And then, of course, Jesus tells him again in the Gospel of Matthew, yeah, you're going to deny me three times, but So he's claiming, even if they all fall away, I won't fall away. I'll go to my death for you, Peter says. He says, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. Peter is restored in love by our Lord, and then he's sent on mission. Peter's calling is to be an under-shepherd of the good shepherd, to feed the lambs of God. That is to be a true and faithful pastor in Christ's church. And how is it that Peter, the apostles, and their successors, the bishops, feed the flock of God with word and sacrament? The scriptures, the truth, the instruction in following Jesus is often envisaged in scripture as food. And Peter, as we see from the rest of his life, took seriously this vocation of feeding the lambs of God, particularly feeding them with the truth, with the holy scriptures. He writes in his first epistle, like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. John 21 also has sacramental overtones, as does the charge to feed the lambs of God. The water represents baptism, the meal which Jesus has on the beach. What an epic scene, like something out of uh, Lord of the Rings or the end of uh, epic film. The lambs of God are fed in the church with the Lamb of God himself, that is, with the most holy sacrament of his body and blood. Peter had claimed on Monday, Thursday, that he would go to death with his Lord, and we see that's exactly what he did. Following Jesus meant for Peter not only a ministry of apostleship, not only feeding Christ's precious sheep, It also meant for him martyrdom, as Jesus tells Peter here at the end of today's gospel. Christ had told him before, 
on Monday, Thursday, that he would be martyred, even though at the time Peter was clueless. He couldn't even accept that Jesus was going to die at that point. Again, again, it seems that this encounter with Jesus in John 13 is a sort of mirror image of the conversations and events which took in John 21, rather, is a sort of mirror image of the conversations and events which took place on Holy Thursday. Listen to John 13. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. And then Jesus again tells him that he's going to deny him. Tradition tells us uh, that Peter was indeed martyred, uh, that he was crucified, although he was crucified upside down. He, he begged his executioners to do that because he thought himself not worthy to die in the same way that our Lord died. If that is indeed the case, which I think that it is, the stretching out of Peter's hands, to which Jesus refers, is the stretching out of his hands on the horizontal beam of the cross. You see, Peter, in his own strength, could not follow the Lord. But having been transformed in and by the crucified and risen Jesus and regenerated and strengthened by the Holy Spirit, whom he received at Pentecost, he was enabled to offer the whole of his life to the glory of God the Father. Brothers and sisters, you bear the image of God. You have been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. There is a calling on your life, and the calling is that you would be united with God, that you would know him, and that you would reflect as an image bearer, as an angled mirror, the light and glory and character of God out into the world. There is a calling on yourself, like Peter, though it might not end like Peter's. There is a calling on your life to deny yourself and to take up your cross and to follow Jesus. The hope in this story is, again, what we talked about at the beginning of the sermon. That God, in his mercy... He knows that when he calls us to follow him, he knows that when he, he, he gives us gifts by the Holy Spirit to be used, all of us are equipped with gifts to, and a ministry to be used in the church and for the glory of God and for the good of the world that people might be saved. He knows when he calls us, he knows our frame. He knows that we are but dust. He knows before the call 
what we're going to do after the call. And he still calls us. And no matter what you've done, he offers you a way back to redemption and to restoration and to life. I mean, denying the Lord, this is a serious, grave sin that the leader of the band of 12 committed. But Jesus welcomes him back in and restores him and empowers him to become, for Peter to become like Jesus and to glorify uh, his name. What is God What has God called you to do? How is he calling you to live? What is the ministry to which you are called? And Jesus does issue uh, to each each of us this call, follow me. At the very end of the gospel, it's a little bit past our pericope. I don't know why the lectionary didn't just finish the book. It's just a few verses. So after Jesus tells him, you know, that in... It's not going to go well for you at the end. It's going to be tough. Peter's like, well, what about John? What's going to happen to him? And, and Jesus, I love his response. He's like, if I want John to live forever, what's that, what's that to you? And so then there's this rumor that starts that John was never going to die, which I'm, I'm sure as John got old, because John lived a long time. He, he's alive to 80, 95, 100, maybe a little bit past it. You got to think how much longer that John lives for another at least 70 years, 65, 70 years. So that rumor probably grew, didn't it? I don't think John's ever going to (laughs) die. We can, we, all of our lives, I mean, there's a sense in which you know, if you, if you go and you travel somewhere, there's a sense in which, yeah, everywhere you go, like, people are people, right? We're not maybe as different from each other as we think. But our experience of life is an individual thing. Some of us uh, will, will suffer more than, than others. Some of you will have a much easier life than other people around you. Your, your, your trials, your temptations... They're your own. And the temptation can be to play the comparison game. Of God, what about him? What about her? And Jesus says to each one of you, don't worry about him. Don't worry about her. You follow me. And to follow Jesus is not an easy thing to do. I'm not going to do the 1980s, 1990s church growth thing of, you know, come come to church, we'll get free pizza. Following Jesus is going to just be one big party. But it's, it's not the easiest life, but it's the best life. And it's the life for which we were created. And it's the one, it's an abundant life. uh, Which God calls each one of us to. So let us pray. Almighty God. Thank you for the mercy and the goodness and the love 
that you continually and perpetually pour out through your Son, Jesus Christ, and by the Holy Spirit. And we thank you that there's always for your children a way back. That even when we mess up, we get covered in mud. We, we might de- not deny you explicitly with our lips, but we might deny you with the way that we live. That we find you on the beach around a meal and you hold out to us the road, the path to restoration and healing and forgiveness and redemption. God, you know our frame. We ask that you would transform us into the likeness of your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.